you go. <laughs> Episode eight, right? I think we Episode have it this time. Episode yeah. eight. We have Mike Guido, the creator, founder of the Paper Bag. Hello. Is that your best title you ever had, or what? Well, it's it's one of them. I, I'll take that one. World Ooh. famous on Long Island. Oh, so nice. Well, yeah, like world of famous the, uh, on Long Island. World yeah. famous among the thousand people that show up every week, every, every year. year. Namesake of the Mike Guido stage door at Mulcahy's well, as yeah. well. Stage, yeah, the stage door, that's true. The stage door has been defaced with my picture <laughs> in oh my okay. honor. And you're the only non, you're the only Long Islander. Oh, no, not that's not true. But you're the only fake face on the big mural downstairs, too. Yes. The dizzy you know, face. That, that, that went up the first year we were here, 25 years ago. Um Somebody cut my face out and stuck it up there in a in a spot. I think it's over Paul McCartney's shoulder. Yeah, and I think the guy who painted the mural saw it and got a little upset. Probably. And uh, <laughs> I think someone who might have just left the room told him, "Well, we bought it. We own it." Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who bought. I don't even know who painted it. It was before I, I, my time. Uh, but I, it, it was not before mine, though. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it, it has fallen down. The, t the tape has worn out and it's fallen down once or twice and been replaced. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know that the huge mural that we have uh, downstairs in the in the concert area of Moles, Mike is the infamous yeah sticker over Paul McCartney. Well, it's all rock stars, <laughs> yeah. pretty yeah. much from the '70s and the '80s, and I'm all right over Paul McCartney. You are a rock star. Bands come here and they're like, oh, there's you know Billy Joel, blah blah blah. They're like, who's the guy with the squiggly eyes? I'm like, it's a long <laughs> story. Figure <laughs> it out. Who did that drawing? Was that was it one of yours? S a girl drew that probably 19... It was before the paper bag started as this. It used to be just a song. And uh, so I was playing Chelsea's in Huntington. And some girl came in and she had drawn this picture of me. And then she actually made a poster. Uh, uh, not a poster. A, a, a backdrop. A, a banner out of cloth. And she used... The, the font Cooper Black for the words paper bag. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And she drew my face with the squirrely eyes. And so because we had the the banner, yeah. it kind of stuck. And it does, you know, it represent exactly what it's supposed to represent. Yeah, you know, it's like, iconic. My hair has always been kind of <laughs> long, and, and my eyes have always been kind of squirrely. So. <laughs> so we're talking about the paper bag. We'll get into more detail as we go along, but... How would you describe what the paper bag is in a couple sentences? The paper bag, I can describe it uh, very accurately. Well, Ed Lowe described it. Ed, Ed Lowe was a writer for Newsday. Mm -hmm. He used to hang out here, among other gin mills. And he described it as once a year, 70 musicians gather for a, a show of virtually unrehearsed music in front of a 1,000 recidivist fans. <laughs> who for six hours sing and play and stomp and shout and uh the band doesn't get paid they get budweiser yeah <laughs> and hamburgers <laughs> you know chicken sandwiches and this will be our 43rd performance 43 years this year would have been our 43rd year of course we we got coveted out yeah, so yeah. next year we're gonna have the double bag double bag right, right here nice right nice. downstairs that's when you know it's a real world pandemic. It's, uh, shit's going wrong when the paper bag gets canceled. Listen, I'm almost 70 years old. I never saw. I, I never heard the words "Europe is closed." You know, yeah. it's just bizarre. So you just have to ride it out. Well, that's why we're doing this for all yeah, the paper exactly. bag fans out there who didn't get to go to the show. Exactto Now we're getting the history of the paper bag, so you'll be geared up for next year, I think. So wh whose idea was it? 
Well, I was in 1973, I think. I was in a band called the Phil Gagliano Band, which was named after a baseball player who was a utility player for the Phillies and the, the, the Reds. But there How was did you have that? Well, had there, there was yeah. a, a radio personality for, I think, I forget this, WABC maybe, and he always used to tell these ridiculous stories. And he mm -hmm. was reading the sports report one day, and it said Phil Gagliano. He was like, Phil Gagliano, that's a great name. Somebody should name a band Phil Gagliano. Mm -hmm. So as a matter of fact, if I ever hear of a band named Phil Gagliano, I'll play all their records no matter what. So we, you know, we couldn't figure <laughs> out a name. Because every time we tried to figure out a name, we'd be sitting around there, we'd Dumbo, and we'd always <laughs> laugh, you know. So then the next day, we were the Phil Gagliano band. Yeah. Of course, he never put us on his radio show. <laughs> what the hell? But uh, we went to, we used to go to, in Uniondale, it was a place called the Mini Cinema. And this was, like I say, the early 70s. And so there was a, a late sa Sunday, Saturday night midnight movies. And it would uh, play to the stoners, yeah. <laughs> more or less. <laughs> and they'd have, you know, Rocky Horror and yeah. stuff like that. And they played a movie called Pink Flamingos, which is the story of a woman named Divine. Well, he's a man. He's a 300-pound transvestite. <laughs> and the, the uh, premise of the movie was a race to see who could be the most disgusting person alive. Uh. And uh, I, I'll leave that part out. You can you can find the movie, and uh, it, it, it's you'll be you'll be amused. And on the way, the band all we piled into somebody's Nash Rambler mm -hmm. to go. All six of us in this little car. And on the way home, you know, it's really cloudy in the in the van. Uh -huh. And uh, the drummer says, "You remember that that uh, that scene where they chopped up the cops with machetes?" <laughs> so he said, "Yeah." And he said, "Remember the music?" And we said, "No." Yeah. He said, "That was really paper bag that music." And we laughed. And the next day at, at rehearsal, band rehearsal, he brings down the song that he wrote. And it has the dumb, da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah. Dumb, right. da -da, and, it, and it's got, you know, when I was younger, there was my mother. My mother always told me I could be really big. She said, you got to take a stand. You got to be a man. My mother always told me you can't be no brown paper bag. And there was paper bag, what a drag. Yeah. So he got this song. So we would play it in, in our little private performances in the basement because we didn't really play at bars or anything. Mm -hmm. Well, we did, but that was a different debacle. <laughs> and uh, then I, I used to do sound for a festival upstate, a private on private land for people, a family in Huntington. It was maybe a thousand people would show wow. up, and I was always in a band, so my band always got to play. And then in 1979, I wasn't in a band, so I got the idea that on the last night, I'll have everybody in my band. Everyone. So I got all there were like 18 musicians, and we played for about an hour it's i have a little cassette so one side of a cassette tape 45 minutes and wow. it was five songs and it, it was just nuts and i was the sound engineer at the silver dollar saloon in bayshore at the time so when we got home we said let's do that again mm -hmm. so a couple of weeks later that was on fourth of july actually the first one and so at the end of july we did it again in the silver dollar saloon and then we just started doing it once a year after that so Silver Dollar Saloon, that was the first. That was yeah. That so was uh, so the upstate, the upstate Whitehall yeah. was number one. The Silver Dollar Saloon was number two, both in 1979, and then we've done it once a year since then. Mike, how did it turn into the uh, the last Tuesday in in June? Well, w it it was originally in July, right? And then the first couple. Well, here, if I go to my nifty difty website, I have <laughs> a I have a thing that tells me. You so have an it was website. it just. <laughs> It just seemed to be on Tuesdays 
Oh, we well, we picked that actually because it was musicians' night off. Yeah. Right. And also because the, the venue doesn't have anything booked. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And and all of my friends, everybody who participated, they were all in working bands. So that's how we hit on Tuesday, and then it just kind of got to, to the last Tuesday in June. I see there was one, it was June 23rd. So that means that uh, that was really early, and then we we did that until paper bag number 25. We were here by then. So paper bag number 18, two 1995 is when we moved to Mulcahy's, and we never the left. The 18th one? Number 18. Yeah. What year? Two 1995. And who was responsible for that? Well, uh, we were, in the beginning, we were, we were at the Silver Dollar, and then uh, the next year he wouldn't, he, he put a, a, uh, a mechanical bull uh -huh. in the Silver Dollar, and he cordoned off a huge part of the club, and he wouldn't let me put people there. So I said, well, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I found a club in Huntington, the Lion's Cage. We did it two years there. And then he, he talked me back into the Silver Dollar. And then the Silver Dollar closed. So we had to move. Hmm. So I went on the lookout, and we ended up in Spit. I, you know, I went scouting <laughs> our clubs. It's yeah. Spit in Levittown, uh -huh. right. which was really a discotheque. But yeah. they, and it was run by these three gangsters. Really? The Passionis. <laughs> Mikey, Tony, and Vinny, I think. One of them was a cop. They you know, and so, so we lasted two years there, and they closed. Yeah. So then I came here, actually, to Mulcahy's, and I looked, but it was still only half of the original room. Yeah. It was still only th that wide, and then the stage was at the end, so we couldn't fit enough people. Mm -hmm. So then I ended up in a place that used to be uh, the Action House in Island Park, and it was called Paradise at the time. Mm -hmm. And we and we were there for two years, and they closed. So it seems like two years we <laughs> sucked <laughs> the life out of the bad luck. Yeah. Bad luck so we, we ended up in the salty <laughs> dog in Huntington for one year. For pay, yeah, and uh, then two years. Then we went to Sundance. Oh yeah, in, I heard in, uh, about Bay that place. Shore. Yeah. They closed, and Spit. They closed, and Paradise. They closed. <laughs> I'm so surprised Mulcahy's didn't close right well, after. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Well, I was I warned them. I warned you, Dad, <laughs> when I got here. I said, you know, every for ten years we've been on a two-year plan. <laughs> and uh, and we just and we just never left. So well, it was meant to be then. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Those places were closing for a reason. And, but, uh, and, and so I'm completely loyal. Yeah. So, you know, that's all there is to it. But we get to the 25th bag, and now these guys, they're rumbling. And this is 19, 2002, so it's 18 years ago. So, yeah. like, my, me and my friends were all, like, you know, 40s and 50s, and then instead of 60s and 70s or whatever we are. So they wanted to do it on a Saturday night. So, uh so I, I said, all right, you know, I don't really want to do it because I don't, I, like, the paper bag to me is like a pyramid on its point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and it's balanced there. And it's been like that for 40-something yeah. years. And I'm afraid if I touch it, it's going to fall. Yeah, yeah. So I don't ever want to mess with it. But I have this executive board of 15 guys that gather <laughs> in the war room in my basement. Yeah. We have these meetings that are <laughs> hysterical. So there's a lot of pressure. We want to try Saturday night. And they say, well, you know, I said, well, but it might not work from, okay. So they told me there was the, <coughs> was it called the Vanderbilt? The, the place right on the, the expressway at Round Swamp Road. And now it's a racing palace. Uh -huh. a big, but that, that was owned by another group of gangsters, the, <laughs> the Huntington gangsters this time. Did they ever fight the Levittown gangsters? <laughs> no, no, no. They didn't. They, didn't, they were two separate groups of gangsters. <laughs> so they said, well, we can do it there because some of the people involved with the paper bag work there. Mm -hmm. So, all right, so uh, I, I figure I'll do my, my due diligence, and uh, I, go, I go meet these people. So then they're, they're talking, and they're, they don't, they, like, you don't really understand the paper bag. Nobody can explain it to you. Yeah. You have to really go there. 
This pulls out, Mike. Oh, well, you, it, it, you have to really go there to yeah. be there. And uh, I have a discussion with these people. And so then we, okay, I, it's a big room. That's all going to work. And then he tells me, well, I have a security cost. And he wants me to pick up part of his security cost. Yeah. So I say to myself, well, John Murray, I'm sure they have security costs, but I don't recall anybody ever bringing it up to me. Then he tells me, well, you know, my fire, how many people you think you're going to draw up? He says, my fire department number is whatever it is. Yeah. So for every person over that, I'm taking a risk, he's telling me. So he more or less wants now points yeah, yeah. if we go over. So I'm just like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then <laughs> I come back to talk to, to, the, to this brain trust here. Yeah. So I think your father's there and uh, Mike McElway. And there was another manager. Kenny? I forget who Kenny it was. Tobin? Kenny Tobin. Yeah. And so... So John, so I said, well, we want to we want to try it on a Saturday and then go back just because it's the twenty fifth one, yeah. big you know big yayas we'll go back, and so Kenny really doesn't say anything, but Mike lays out in detail exactly why it's a bad idea. So they're just ramping up for summer, mm -hmm. you know. What I mean, you take away this, you close this place to all of their customers, and they the weeds was just yeah, starting yeah, yeah. out then, and it was a big huge thing, and that it would take us into the middle of July to get back where we were. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I agree with him 100%. So he goes through this whole thing, and then uh, the big red-headed guy sits there and <laughs> scratches his head with a pencil. Yeah. You know, and he says, well, we're going to do whatever we need to do to keep the bag here. So I said, all right, since you're willing to ruin your business to accommodate <laughs> me, I'm unwilling to make you do that. Yeah. So we're going to stay on Tuesday just like we always We actually ended up on a Thursday that year. Because the last day of school was like Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, so if Tuesday's the paper bag, I was a school teacher. And I would be in the corner of the room in the fetal position. And <laughs> they would have to tell the kids, don't step on Mr. Guido yeah. and ignore that smell. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so we ended up doing Tuesday a couple of years, Thursday a couple of years. Yeah. But he, you know, he, he was willing to accommodate me. And so I was unwilling to, nice. to make him do that. It just didn't make any sense to me. And all the uh, famous Long Island bands, like everyone's in it, obviously, like famous musicians around here, like Linda and Ricky Roach and guys in RPM, Pete Moss, right? Everyone's in it. How does someone join the paper bag or how do you take in new members? Well, we have, we used to just, it was my friends, you mm -hmm. know, and then people, if somebody expressed interest, we had a rule, you had to go see it first uh -huh. because, again, you can't explain it to anybody. And uh, then you had to be, Somebody I know, more yeah. or less, because it's Someone easy. Because I really, I'm a little verbally abusive <laughs> to the musicians <laughs> yeah. at times. It was great practice to become a middle school teacher, and being a middle school band teacher was great practice for being the paper, because mm -hmm. it's the same. They, right. they, they're 12. Yeah. <laughs> they act like 12-year-olds. And uh, so if I'm going to, and, and I can't really think about things. I just have to go. Yeah. So I'm in the bubble, pretty much. I'm just, I'm not weighing the consequences of my actions. And so uh, it's hard to do that to people that you don't know. I can abuse my friends, and they're happy. They're yeah, of thrilled. course. It's like a badge of honor for them. Mm -hmm. And later they say, you were a real idiot before. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, it, so now it got, well, then it got to a point, I don't know how many years ago, where the stage is just too crowded. Yeah. 70 and piece, at least. Well, yeah, right? we've yeah. already built out the stage at yeah. Mulcahy's eight, 8 feet, 12 feet. You know, So we've already encroached on the audience as it is. So we had to make a rule that somebody has to vacate a spot for somebody else to get in. Yeah. 
So that kind of works, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and at least it gives me an excuse when I have to tell somebody no. Yeah. But when when there's somebody like like Mike Barbrick from four, who was in 45 RPM, now uh-huh. he's in some other different bands. You know, he finally came up to he'd been coming for years and he definitely deserves a spot. Yeah. And they finally told me if I don't get in next year, I'm not coming anymore. <laughs> so we just made space. You might have to him. give him a spot. You know, you just it's it's not an easy thing to get to do. And uh, you know, like I said, we have about f- well, I can tell you exactly what we have. This year was forty three, and instruments. We have seven cheese calzones who are girl singers, <laughs> twenty guitar players tw- oh, 20 vocalists i'm sorry 16 guitars five keyboards nine a nine piece horn section three piece harmonica section wow seven basses 15 percussionists that's crazy it takes them a whole day to set up they come here monday well, yeah we come we come a day early and like we we rehearse but the point wasn't for a rehearsal the point was just to give them a really good sound check yeah so we use the time to rehearse and then the day of the show, we actually come in and we start at 7 o'clock and rehearse for two hours. Mm-hmm. Then we close, they open the house, and we start at 10 o'clock and play till 4 o'clock in the morning. So we actually play from 7 till 4 in the morning with a one-hour break. There's yeah. no break, no stopping in between songs, no stopping for anything, ever. It's a real love-hate relationship for the people at Mulcahy's and the bartender. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I I've worked in, understood. it's like, what is it, eight, some, eight nine hours to well, four yeah, in the we, morning? We and play for six straight hours, yeah. and, and with that, like I said, we're off from nine to ten, but it's nine hours from when, mm-hmm. and it's... It is. It can. And I, the last couple hours, I look and I see the bartenders are just uh, <laughs> looking at me. It is a long Because time. it does get. <laughs> we start with fourteen hundred people in the place. Yeah. But yeah. It's it good money for us, though. So don't yeah, worry. Yeah. About no, it. I'm, yeah. No. I. I. It, for the bartenders. I, it's I mean. that, that's. Yeah. Cl- there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure they had a good night earlier in the night. Yeah. yeah. And I know my friends. Tip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you and there's there's thing. fourteen hundred of my friends out there. And you probably get high just working that night. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Well, then you have the cops, the police. Yeah. The fire department, poli- the police uh, pipe and drum band. Yeah. <laughs> They've been performing here for the last 15 or so years. Everyone's in it. And, the, the, you know, like out by the, the like, Mulcahy's is nice enough to set up, our, you know, a guy cooking hamburgers and sandwiches. Tent, yeah. We have our own bar outside. Leah's usually out there mm-hmm. lately. So they're really nice. But it, it's kind of like an, a free-range area between there and the parking lot, as yeah. much as we try to control it. It's a party back so there. So you have guys going in and out and girls going in and out and... A lot of them have been musicians working since the 60s, and they lived through the 80s when things were a little different. Yeah. So I'd be standing there talking to a couple of cops, and these guys would come by sniffling and wiping their nose, you know, and the <laughs> cops just look over, and they'd look at me, and they say, we're off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not working. <laughs> they're not working. And, you, and also I know that Mulcahy's takes really good care of them. They come up there up here eating a dinner and yeah, everything yeah. before. It's... It, the it's whole a loving thing is event, bizarre. though, so yeah, it's yeah. there's it's no like bullshit. It's, yeah. it's yeah, bizarre. Sure. It's, it's a zero balance. Yeah. It's like Woodstock. Of course, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, but in a small, in a small, in a small way. Yeah. The, I pretty much, I get the door, you guys get the bar. Yeah. So that's, that's easy, yeah. you know. And, and uh, it's cost about $14,000 to put on the show. And wow. yeah. the yeah, rent is about $14,000. Mm. I usually have a couple of hundred bucks left over, so I buy a hard drive to store the movie on. Yeah. And that's that because I'm not paying anybody, so mm-hmm. I can't really make money. Yeah, and we so we barely we hardly raise the ticket price as much. Yeah, 
It's only when necessary. I think you. I it's always said to you. It's definitely more love than hate. Yeah. It's, a, it's a long shift, but it is like it's nothing oh, else. It's, yeah. it's got to be. Br- and, and when you tell people, people are like, how was work last night? And you're like, oh, there was uh, 70 babies to rock band. Yeah. And, and the it lady it on stage. And, and, and they get <laughs> pounded with brutal music all night long. Yeah. I yeah. understand. <laughs> they, they, they used to be, until one year, I looked at the movie, and I said, there's a security guy. Like, y- y- the front camera's on the stage. Yeah. Right in front of the stage, there's a guy standing on a box with his back to the stage. He's got his headphones on and everything, and he's standing there, but he's just miserable <laughs> because it's uh, 70 people on that stage. It's yeah. just absolutely miserable, and we've never had an incident ever at the paper. Once in the, the, the early 80s at, at Rum Runners, somebody, somebody hit on a biker's girlfriend, and he got punched in the nose. <laughs> That's but that, that was it. Yeah. So I said, you, you, I finally I realized, you know, to tell you guys, you really don't need Security. To s- torture some poor guy yeah, uh. down in front of the stage. You know, you need somebody at the door yeah. letting him back. But you know, we we have to, we have to adjust. <laughs> so, Mike, we're just uh, on your website there. And yes, paperbag music. Yeah, pay the website is paperbagmusic.com. And if you haven't been in it, it is an amazing archive. Like you've got everything on there. Like yeah, there's <laughs> a, there's a lot of stuff. I, I made it myself in the middle of the night. It really over is. years like and years. Usually, you know, I'm trying to do research for the podcast, <laughs> and like I started on on paperbagmusic.com, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, you like can get lost in it. There's like fifteen hundred pages. All the pages. stories, all the pictures, is, you know, amazing. Even the old like the hands drawn flyers and everything. Mm-hmm. Have you um have you always been that meticulous? Is that just part of who you are? I always, even before I had computers, I had ledger books. Right. And for some reason, even I remember when I was a kid, I stole. A, a grade book out of a teacher's desk, an empty grade book. Nice. So cool. And I remember for the longest time I had it, but I wouldn't write anything in it because I wasn't sure what I wanted to keep track of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And then, uh, you know, so then I, I, and I like doing crossword puzzles. I like filling out little boxes. So I always had ledger books when I was played in bands, played in bands for 20 years. The Jim Small band we played here, but it was, yeah. you know, when you get your, uh, your thing for Social Security, your every quarterly thing, and mine shows up in like 19... 67 and it goes you know and like 1973 it goes down and for 20 years it's <laughs> and then i became a teacher and boy but uh for all those years i kept track of what i made yeah, yeah. and i just have always done that so then when these things came along well that's the old big boxes mm-hmm. and i just like and so this day da- i have a, this database there there have been 939 people in the paper well we can find tim murray we can find tim murray's 900 people Nine total from the beginning. Yeah, I got a shirt this year. This was the first time I got a shirt last year. Actually, because your shirt was stolen by somebody, because it's the second time you should have got a shirt. (laughs) They got in Paybag Forty One. They got you a Prince Timmy. Prince Timmy, that's my name. And in Paybag Forty Two, you got a Prince Timmy. (laughs) And your dad. Let's see. I love this. (laughs) Well, in the beginning, it was your dad. Kenny, Kenny Tobin, McGorry, and uh, and Mike McElway. Those were those were the ones that got shirts in the beginning. We gotta get Ruby a shirt. <laughs> I didn't work at this last year. No shirt for you. I oh know. I think he's Johnny Cash. You got back there. Oh yeah. He, oh, he's Johnny Cash. And then one year he was Binky. <laughs> <laughs> probably because it was probably a l- it was it was a baby. Yeah. 1998. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> then he was New Cash. Then just Cash, then he was JMJR, then Cash, then Murray, and now he's been Johnny Cash for the last I like 11, it. 11 years. Yeah, everyone's so. in the bag, gets a matching shirt. Yeah, it's usually a nice Well, that, that's, that's your backstage pass. Yeah, your yeah. shirt. 
Talk us through that, um, like the preparing for a paper bag. You know, you said mentioned about your war room and stuff. How how long does it take usually for you guys to like come up with a theme and then? Well, it that's, it's that's, that's a really good question. We have a method. I mean, it's more or less because we've been doing this for forty three years, and I'm I'm always m like efficiency and method oriented. But in January, there's an executive board. There's the lead guy, the guys who have been in the guitar players the longest, two guitars, two basses, two of each section. And we meet in, in my basement. And we've been friends for 40 years, most of us. So the meetings are really funny. And so we, we start the first meeting in January. So you get six months to, you know, uh, and usually Martin Luther King Day, and we have, this is a day off. So we have our first meeting to decide what to do. So that if, and then we have a meeting once a month. At the February meeting, then we can decide what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it takes that then at the March meeting, so the February meeting, we kind of come up with a theme. Yeah. Right. In the March meeting, we come up with a song list. Then in April, we show the movie from last year, and that's when I hand out envelopes. With Everybody involved in the paper bag is required to sell two tickets. Right. And there's 300 people that get a shirt. Nice. Two tickets. So if you can't generate two paying customers and that's kind of what keeps us afloat yeah. because I know I have that coming and then I get the door money and uh, actually then I come during the summer and I, he, I get advanced sales from OKEs and I pay for the beer yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have the little trade-off. That's a good system though. That right? keeps it, it, it's, it's, and then somebody, somebody uh, a man with red hair is four years younger than I am, when the number doesn't come out the way he likes it, he goes ah, and he looks at it and he crosses it out. <laughs> And he does a little math again. Yeah. And sometimes he'll cross it out again, and he'll say, "What do we, what do we pay for this?" And he cross it out again, <laughs> so that it comes out to like exactly the same thing <laughs> every year. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody like the guy that I get the shirts from is is uh, what was it? Oh, Goldman Brothers, and he's got a little shop uh -huh. right around the corner, and the price hasn't changed, and uh, you know, it cost me around three thousand dollars for like twenty years, thirty years. Yeah, I get I get uh, trophy plaques from a guy. The price hasn't changed in. 30 years. It's just everybody takes care of me so I don't have to raise the rates. I imagine this will be a bit of a tough question, but over the years, if, has there been any like one favorite theme for you or any that jump out as just kind of a really memorable, you no, personally love that theme? Like, no, it's it's all, we, ha we have videotapes from Paper Bag 5 on, I think. Wow. And some of them, there's multiple cameras. And it's all different, but it's all really exactly the same right. you know? <laughs> even like I have the little cassette tape from the very first time we did this when it wasn't an idea like this it was just at the end of a four-day festival in the woods all the musicians get on stage for an hour and we just played this mess and the first thing you can hear when you turn on the tape is me going all right all right all right all right all right <laughs> and I do that all the time yeah. so I get everybody's yeah. attention all right, and all I do right. that now 40 years later yeah it's exactly the same so it's it's just the way that the most impressive thing to me is you have very highly professional musicians. Yeah. You know, people who are like famous in, in Europe and Japan and sort of here. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and you have amateurs, complete amateurs who somehow, because they're nice people and whatever it is they got, they got their way up there. But everybody takes care of everybody else. And yeah. th th there's not a single, you know, no, nobody's getting on anybody for their lack of a good performance. And, People that aren't real polished and professional musicians are supported by the other people. That's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And I, I, I can't tell you, there's dozens of people that their their email name is something in the paper bag. And mm -hmm. it's just really important to them. 
You know what I like too? You see the same customers year after year. After well, yeah, year, because yeah. we don't advertise. Yeah, but they love it. Like they come every single year. It's the same people. Our advertising budget is zero. Zed. Yeah. We do. We we did a radio commercial once when Kenny Tobin was here. We went up the street yeah. into somebody's basement. I think it might have been Paper Bag Thirty or something. It, it was that was pretty amusing. But we don't advertise. So you have the three hundred people who wear shirts. Yeah. So they have two tickets each. So that's two friends of theirs. Yeah. And then if you get two friends of theirs, we're done. Mm-hmm. Can, what was what was the radio commercial? Like how where'd you begin describing? <laughs> well, the, one of the guys in the bag, his <laughs> name is Scott O'Savin. He's a big huge guy. He sings one crazy song. Oh yeah, he's year. huge. And he he's just big and he's got a big head and he's he all <laughs> black and he's just crazy. <laughs> so I called him. I said, "Well, they, Mulcahy's wants to do a radio commercial. I want you to help me. Write me a script." He says, "All right." I got you. I got this covered. So we show up and we went to the basement. It was in the basement of a bar right yeah. up the road. And uh, so I said, okay, where's the script? He says, uh, I don't, we don't need a script. And he said, write down what the important, so I wrote down date, time, what, all the who, what, when, where, why, yeah. all the things. He said, what I want you to do is just you know, give one of these facts and then I'll take care of the rest and then you give another fact. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right. And we're in this, the room where the studio is, like there's a glass partition in the wall where the sound booth is. Yeah. And that's where Kenny and the, the engineers are. And I'm in the room with Big Scotto. And I'm standing about where this camera is facing the wall. And uh-huh. It's a big room. And he's behind me in the room. So they, they, they play the music then. And I said, how you doing, everybody? I'm Mike Guido. And I hear him saying, I'm Scotto. <laughs> and then he's... I, then I, I'm, I, I have my thing, and I'm, I have to watch the clock also because yeah. it was 30 seconds or a minute. So I'm watching. I said, and it's the paper, the paper. paper. And as I look, and I see that the people in the booth, they're like. <laughs> and I'm looking, and I finally sneak, and he's running around in the circles. He's, I tell you, he's a big. He looks like Hagrid. He's huge. He's, <laughs> he's leaping. He's doing leaps, leaping <laughs> through. And we hit our 30. Like, we nailed it yeah. in one take. But I, I have it someplace in my computer. I could play it for you. Oh, we got to find it's, it. It's just hysterical. It, it, it's but also the first and last <laughs> commercial you did. It, well, yeah. Well, that, y- yeah. It it, uh, it just because only only because Mulcahy's because Mulcahy's suggested it. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds like us. It, well, oh, well, Ken Tobin. I mean, Ken Tobin really it liked the paper. The, the first time he we said were that's here, his most proud thing he ever. Well, he chased. He told me that they made the room bigger. Yeah. So that we can have the paper bag. Here. Yeah. And the first year we were here, he was hanging around all the, all the whole time, the whole two yeah. days set up. And at that time, we, we, didn't r- we, we built, I actually had guys, I designed trusses, and we had guys build the stage extensions, uh-huh. and they built the, the sound booth. Yeah. So I, we had carpenters in here all day Monday. <laughs> and I walk up to him, and, and somebody just asked me something. So I said, you got a C-clamp? And he reaches in his pocket, and he hands me a six-inch C-clamp. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> What you know st- stuff, but uh, he's the one that uh, really blew it up. Let's see, he he liked it. He was commercial. Commercial. Where's? I love you. Got all the files and everything. Oh, I have so much stuff. <laughs> we can watch it after. You don't have to yeah. check. What do you think is uh, uh the biggest? Hayden. There you go. It's, it's not a watch. It's it's a sound. it's a listen. The paper bag, the world's only 60-piece rock band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. 
It just went. I mean, uh, the that's exactly how you describe that's, it. That's exactly, and it was just mayhem. But it put we, we hit our thirty second mark, and that's it. One take. <laughs> Perfect. What do you think is the biggest challenge of the paper bag? The biggest. It's really not challenging for me because it's yeah. it's it's very complicated. Mm -hmm. It was like 70 people. It's well, a lot. Yeah, There's well a lot going on. 70 people, and then I, 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 like I said, I hand out paper. I hand out ticket and well, two tickets to each of 300 people that I have to keep track when yeah. that comes back and where all that goes. But it's um, I've organized it so well, and I've delegated incredibly well over the years. There are things. There's a girl who makes the signs all over the place. Yeah. And I don't have to. I don't say anything to her. Yeah, she, she shows up. She's got the materials. She has the markers. She knows what signs have to be made. She knows what the key, you know. And, and people, people have taken on, there's another guy, he's a truck, he's a, a long haul trucker, Jack, tow truck Jack. He lives in <laughs> Pennsylvania now. And every year he comes with the, the signs that we put up on the walls. Yeah. He has them made. And uh, bracelets and stickers and all kinds of cool stuff. You know, he just comes with boxes and stuff. And people have taken on, I've, uh, Tom Russo is my spiritual advisor, yeah. which is, he's just, he's like my, you know my valet. He's like like everything. He takes care because I'm I'm not thinking about anything that day. Yeah. I'm just running, and he'll like he'll be motioning to me to backstage. Come on, you got to take the shirt off. It's mm -hmm. disgusting, but uh, you know change it and you do this. And I have somebody. This guy, uh, there's the 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 supervisor of some of the Hempstead town wants to come up and give you a thing, and yeah, he takes yeah. care of all that. And there are people who have stepped up, and and the people here. Yeah, like we don't really, we we've had a me we had a meeting about five years ago and. I had to bring out my thing, my my agreement that we made the years before, yeah. and we look at it. We said, "Oh, okay, that's good," but we don't we just even Tom Heinish, SK Sound, who does all of the yeah. sound here. One year, I, it was probably the second year we were here. The first year we were good. Then I'm on my way here on Monday, the next year, and I realize I never called him. I never spoke to him. Yeah, and it's tomorrow, okay. and they got to set up today. And I pull into the parking lot, and there's his truck. Yeah, <laughs> he was already set up. And he was already here. He loves the bed. So people just, because I've delegated well, and people really like it, and they protect it. Yeah, that's great. Even like you, you calling me here to do this is just. Yeah, I miss it. Everyone misses it. Um, <laughs> so this is kind of like a business podcast right. slash <laughs> advice. Um, sure. What advice would you give to someone who's looking to like, either get into the events business or start events, and like how to? sustain like long-term success with events and draw people you know like being like what you what you do kind of like, like what i do but like anyone say anyone wants to get in the event business well, like you've created a 40 something year long event that sells out like every year like what yeah th that's it, that's kind of hard to transfer yeah. because it is just a unique i don't think i i really believe that there's nothing like this on the planet yeah. you know i mean there, there are the in uh, Russia. They have the Leningrad Cowboys. You look them up on on, U on YouTube. It's hysterical. They do they do s rock songs from the seventies and eighties with a huge band, and they have big plastic pompadours <laughs> and <laughs> shoes. But they'll have the, the Red Army chorus yeah. and the Red Army orchestra playing right. with them. But that's different because they have money. Yeah, <laughs> and they, <laughs> they pay all of these people. And there, but there's really nothing like this where a group of people for forty years yeah. have met once a year and play. Six, six hours without stopping and without really rehearsing. The, the singers now rehearse for about a month. Yeah. Okay. Because because we wanted the background vocals to be good. Right. And it, it seems so good when you're there, and then you watch the video, and it's like. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, the people there loved it. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it, it, in the house you, you can't tell. But it's people. 
and some sometimes it's it's unrehearsed, but it sounds ridiculously great. Yeah. Like you listen to it and you say, we have no business sounding this good. That people mm -hmm. can work years and years and rehearse and practice and they can't get this right like this. Yeah. Which is a you know a testament to the way my people prepare. Yeah. Awesome. One a uh, couple more. Um, the We Are the World video. The thing yes. during the COVID. Did you orchestrate that? No, no. That that's that was the, a paper bag stronghold. The, well, though. that's the, br the the uh, brainchild of Adam and Kristen Seeley, who both perform in the paper bag. He's yeah. a sax player. She's a vocalist. And uh, they called me up one day and they said, we're, we're doing this project. We're going to make a video of We Are the World. We want you to be the Quincy. Yeah. Quincy Adams. Quin Quincy Jones, I mean. Quincy Adams. He's <laughs> a president. <laughs> Quincy Jones was uh, John Quincy Adams was the president. <laughs> uh, Quincy Jones was a, a highly respected music producer, yeah. and he was the conductor yeah. on the original. So, all right, so in my living room, I set up a, like a big recording microphone mm -hmm. to make it look really cool, and my wife's running around with my phone. So I, did, so I, I watched, I, I saw Quincy Jones, he's cueing yeah. people. So I did a couple of shots of that. Then I did it with my dog, uh -huh. my dog <laughs> conducting. And then, then I told Sue, I told my wife, you do, you sing, and she's singing, she's got her scarf on and she's singing into the microphone. She, she doesn't really sing. <laughs> but so I sent them all to Adam and Kristen and they used what they they put her in it and they put yeah. they put me in it. It's a great video, God. Like it already has a 1.5 million views. Oh, it's, it's almost at 2 now. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's yeah, it, it was it's it's really cool. But everyone in that video, there's a lot of paper bag members there. Are, well, yeah. And then yes. you orchestrating it, of course. Well, yeah, and but I really didn't do anything. Mhm. Mm you know, I He's just kind of, well, yeah. I wasn't conducting anybody. Yeah, I was yeah. in my living room. <laughs> you know, with my daughter. I'm happy you got wife. in there, though. Yeah, well, it, it is. It's, it's well, because two million people got to see my wife not sing. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. You know. So we have one more for you. I think sure. Ruby will take it away. Guido Fest. Guido Fest. So, Mike, with you being, obviously, very musically inclined and having all these kind of influences and paper bag, uh, paper bag is super eclectic. If you, if we had just Guido Fest separate, separate to paper bag, who would be headlining and who would be the opening act? Dead, Dead or Alive? Oh, who do I get? I get? Oh, I get like any band. You get a headliner and an opening act, no budget, Dead or Alive. Oh, I can have any band I want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, this is And tough. it could be anywhere you want. It's hard It's hard for me not to pick the Beatles because I was 12 years old when they were on Ed wow. Sullivan. And, yeah. and the music, like I used to tell my middle school kids, the music you like when you're in middle school right. is going to be your favorite music forever. And you're going to think that's the best music ever. It just so happens that me and my cohorts, 12 years old, we were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But then it's, see, now I got, it's, uh, not, to only pick two is, is, a, is a tough thing for me. Yeah. Because I, there's, uh, like, Frank Zappa is a huge influence on the, the paper bag because mm -hmm. of the zaniness and the craziness. And uh, Allman Brothers is music that I really like to play. So I, it would be really hard for me to pick a second band. It's just one of those three. Yeah, well, but yeah, well, the, the Beatles, the Beatles just has to be in there. Yeah, that's it, an easy. It, one. I would be remiss. I would paper be denying bag myself. Could open up for the Beatles, then you, you know. Oh, oh yeah, the paper bag could open up for the Beatles. <laughs> I don't think the paper bag. I don't think the paper bag could open up for anything. <laughs> yeah. Because it, I mean, uh, the reason we play right till four o'clock is because we went through all the effort to set all that crap up. Yeah. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? We spent two days setting it up, so we figured we might as well. So we go to actually four four o'clock and thirty seconds on the dot. <laughs> yeah. You know, we we go right up to it till the last bartender. <laughs> What's the story too? You always hop. You always walk in your pool after the paper. Oh yeah, I w walk in my backyard and just jump in the pool with my clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> Clean. And, and also at, at the very end of the paper bag, when there's few enough people in the audience to fit on the stage, 
I bring them all up on the stage, right. and w- they just sing "Twist and Shout," and "Wooly yeah. Bully," and so some some guy, some audience member stood up on a on on a security box, I think, and sang "Can't You See" last nice. year at the end, and he was kind of awful, but he was really <laughs> he was really into it, and so ev- so was everybody else. So that was fine. Good for him. I, mean, I remember I looked at him. I could have kicked him off there, but why? Yeah, <laughs> let him hang out. Why bother? Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Oh, anytime. This was fun. I'll hear about the bag. This well, was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. We'll get you on next year, maybe before the bag. If you have like an hour to kill, we'll do a pre. And how, yeah, we can do that. how is it going to work next year with a double bag? Is it going to be? Well, two we we have to see if the planet opens up again. Yeah. Right. You know, we right. are, we're just it's just going to be one paper bag. I mean, you can't really, as it is, it's brutal, brutally long. Yeah. Right. So, but we're just, it's just two years of of material because we have we Got do it. the body bag with the musicians <laughs> who have died during the year. Yeah. And which is getting huge and now we're going to have 2 years worth right, of musicians right, right. to yeah. fit into the body bag. So <laughs> we'll see what happens, but the paper bag relies on density, like extreme density. Yeah. And it's extremely non-essential to everybody except for the 1400 <laughs> of us. Yeah. So <laughs> we have to wait it out until we'll get there. The planet we're counting comes down back the to days. Us. Yeah. We look forward to that. Thank you very very much. Thank you. I Thanks really appreciate so much, this. Mike. Thank you, Mike. Anytime. Thanks, everybody.